0: Most of you, I think, know who we are. We are a ministry that reaches out to men and women struggling with addiction issues, drug, alcohol, and a host of other addictions. And what we do is we take them out of that zone that they were in, that kind of crazy place, and offer a place of residence. where a residential care facility where men and women can just get away for a spell. Up to one year where they can reboot, retool, regroup, recalibrate all those re's and get redeemed and reconciled. Yes, that's what the essence of recovery is getting in right standing with God, getting in right standing with others. And it's been Lori's and my joy to be part of this ministry. I think in a couple of months, it'll be 33 consecutive years for us. It's been indeed a joy to him be the honor and glory. So I started when I was three, okay, so three plus 33, forgive me, Lord, okay, my fingers are crossed right now, <laughs> but it's been a joy seeing what Jesus uh, can do, and our hope this morning is to bring you encouragement. Um, just a, a, a quick question, Ken, again, good to see you, one of the the constants of this uh, assembly, and uh, churches couldn't couldn't continue without just people that are steadying forces. And Ken, you and your wife are just that. Uh, just a quick question. How many of you have someone in your social network, a friend, a family member, maybe someone you work with, maybe, you know, down the road from you, a neighbor that right now you know of is struggling with a drug and or alcohol problem? Just raise your hand. I suspect that those of you who don't have your hand up, you're just not aware. Uh, addiction is one of those things that, um, uh, you know, you don't have to even be really smart to be able to cover it up, and um, you know, it affects all of us. It knows no boundaries. It's a respecter of no one, whether you're smart or not so smart, whether you've got wealth or not. Whether you're black or white, whatever, old, young, male, female, addiction goes into all fronts. We believe that Life Challenge that at the core of addiction, there is a component that needs to be addressed. You know, addiction can be fed from psychological issues to biochemical to systemic environmental issues. There's a host of things, neurological, but we do believe that at the core of addiction, there is a spiritual problem that has to be addressed. And that's what we do best at Life Challenge. Help men and women reconnect or connect for the first time with God through Jesus Christ. And we just want to say thank you. It's churches like this that enable us to do what we do, to offer hope, help, and healing in Jesus' name. And uh, I just want to get the word out. Please be our recruiters, would you? We've got space. We've got room both at uh, our campuses in Detroit and in Flint to accommodate men and women. And uh, just get the word out there. CR is a good thing. Celebrate recovery. AA is a good thing. God meets people in AA and NA and all those other things. But sometimes people need to just get away. They need more than, you know, their daily meetings. They need to break away from the craziness and and the stuff of life and to hunker down and to really drill down and build a foundation with Jesus. And so would you just get that word out there? Would you? And what's required, just people make contact with us. Call us. Jump on our uh, website, LCM Life Challenge Ministries dot life dot life, and we'll take it from there. So, without any further more uh, talk, I just want to introduce you to a couple of people. Bobby and Tommy, would you come on up here? Gianna and uh, Kiana, come up here. I'm going to start with you. Kiana right here. Come this way. I like to pull some surprises. Okay. And I want to honor someone right now. By the way, this is my bodyguard, so if you dare come up, Ken, you got a man here, okay? (laughs) Come here. So Friday, uh, we had a big day. It was graduation day. That's um, when we celebrate those who've completed our year-long program, and we had one gentleman who did that. But we also celebrate those who complete certain benchmarks or milestones. They're three month, or six month, or nine month benchmarks. And Kiana completed her third month benchmark. Come on! <laughs> so you don't have to be nervous. These people are nice people. I've been here for many, many years, right? There's no tomatoes out there. Okay. So, I let's, let's get some vitals. How old are you? 26. 26. And uh, where are you from?
1: Lake Orion. Lake Orion.
0: A little uh, north and, I guess, east of here. So, what was going on three, four, five months ago that brought you here?
1: I was struggling a lot with who I was. Um, I was drinking a lot and getting into a lot of bad relationships that had nothing to do with god and i was um i was feeling hopeless and not wanting to live
0: can you tell me you know you struggling with who you were and are feeling hopeless what what was happening
1: um i i was you know getting into relationships that um where people were saying that i wasn't you know i was worthless and i wasn't um I was just a piece of, you know. So, um, I there was the relationships, and then um, the just I was struggling with work, and you know what I could do for work, and I wasn't, you know, holding a job down, and it was it was getting to the point where I thought I couldn't live anymore.
0: First of all, Kiana, thank you for being honest and transparent. That's not easy to do in front of a group of strangers. But these, as I said, are good people. They're brothers and sisters in the faith. I don't think Kiana's story is unique. I mean, it's unique to her. But don't we all struggle with identity issues? And sometimes we just just get stuck. And this pandemic, by the way, has only exacerbated those things. Lots of people just feeling stuck and alienated. So um, I tell you, we're really proud of you. I mean, when I saw you Friday, you know, standing up, and you did three months, that's a big deal. Um, so where ya, where, come on, <laughs> give it up for her. <laughs> so, Kiana, I mean, where are you at? You know, what's happened in the last three months?
1: Right now, I feel... Um, better than I ever have in my whole entire life. Um, I feel joy and, and peace and there are days that I do struggle, but I get through it, um, because I know that Jesus is with me. Um, and I'm very just thankful for, you know, everything that Life Challenge is helping me with and all the ladies, um, and... D- do they like you? I don't think so. Yes.
0: <laughs> ladies, do you like her? Hey, that's all. Thanks again. God bless you. All right. Is that awesome? Come on, come here. While we're at it, let's let's go to Gianna. All right. So, um, you've been here a while.
2: Going on ten months.
0: Going on ten months. Uh, Tell us just a couple of things about you.
2: Um, I'm 32. I have three beautiful boys: Drake, Xander, and Drew. I was at the lowest point in my life ten months ago. Um, I had no hope. My heart was broken. I had just lost my son's father um, to an overdose. And not even a year earlier uh, my father as well passed away from an overdose. Um, I was devastated.
0: So This took you down uh, a dark road.
2: Very dark road. Very dark road. I also um, struggle with drug addiction, um, heroin, and crack cocaine.
0: Has that been a while?
2: Yes, years. Um, It started at the age of 15. I started with prescription pills, um, and it quickly turned into um, heroin and crack cocaine.
0: Gianna, um, 10 months ago, you, you were sharing Monday last week in class. We were talking about different kinds of people. There are um, the, the stone pushers. You know, there, there's the door openers. You know, they open doors. Or there are the disaster averters. My wife is my disaster averter. She uh, makes me aware of landmines in my life and around me. And then there are stone pushers. You know, like with the story of Lazarus. You know, Jesus needed to get to that man, Lazarus, in the tomb, but he told a group of people, read it once. We don't know who those people were. If we, we know it was more than one, but go move the stone. So they pushed the stone. And so you were telling us Monday about a critical stone pusher in your life that made it possible for you to encounter Jesus
2: have um, a great relationship with my stepfather. Um, I was residing in Alabama, um, just trying to get away from everything here in Michigan, thinking that I could run away from my problems and that wasn't the case. and he drove 2,000 miles to come get me and bring me here to Life Challenge.
0: So he just up and out left Michigan, went down to Alabama. Yeah.
2: No stops, no breaks, takes about 26 hours, um, and he got me here. He saved my life.
0: See, you know, recovery is never a solo thing, right? It's a community effort. You know, we offer community at Life Challenge, but the community goes beyond, you know this, Rick, beyond the walls of Life Challenge. There are praying moms and dads and friends, and there are stone pushers out there that are just pushing away stones that enable access for us to encounter Christ. And so 10 months ago, your stepfather pushed a huge stone away, and that was geography, miles. So you're uh, here. Just briefly, what's happened?
2: Um, It has been the best 10 months of my life. Um, I have peace that I never thought that I would have. Um, My broken heart is healing I've come to learn that no matter how broken you are, he is the glue that puts you back together.
0: Hey, thanks, Gianna. All right. Yes. (laughs) So I'm going to leave my bodyguard up here. Tommy, come here. (laughs) So, um, Tommy, uh, church is not new to you. Um, Even the life of a missionary is not new to you. As I said, addiction is not a respecter of persons.
3: Definitely not a respecter of persons. Um, You know, I, like Pastor Jeff said, I'm not new to the church. I grew up in the church my entire life. I still go to the church, same church that I was uh, dedicated in. My parents took me with them to the Philippines. Um, But, you know, that's not what I want to talk about today. I don't want to talk about my past with drugs and alcohol. I'm here to put, not to die, but to live and proclaim the goodness of what the Lord has done for me. He has turned me in a complete 180 degree difference since I've come to Life Challenge. And like Pastor Jeff said, it is a rehab center, but that's just the tip of a very large iceberg of what Life Challenge will do in your life because it's just not a rehab. It, getting rid of the addiction is the smallest part of your life. I've gone to a couple different rehabs, been sober for over a year at one point. But the walking with the Lord Jesus, keeping my path straight, acknowledging him in all my ways, that's the way that uh, the Lord has driven me from my past life. And I just, I just think, just, um, you know, I didn't need evidence of the Lord being real before coming here. But every day he shows me in just such an overabundance of ways, every single day, it almost just bulls knocks me over sometimes just to see the evidence of his goodness, evidence of the fact that he is real and he's working in all of our lives.
0: Amen and amen. Um, you know, I just wanna send a kudo out publicly to Tommy, uh, between he and another fella, so far as I know, Steve, these two guys, residents in the program, and that's hard enough going through the program. I mean every day, getting up early, chapel, Couple of classes and then afternoons are full of things, and evenings uh, in the meantime, these two men are straddling our kitchen and cooking the food for the men and for the women. Um, I just so much appreciate um, you know, I, I, I found this to be true by the way. Uh, those who are most involved, whether it's in a church or whether it's in a program, those who are most committed are the ones who heal the best. Um, those who are least committed, least involved, are the biggest complainers, are the biggest gripers. They don't give very little you, you know what I'm saying? And I found, you know, in the, my ministry that those who just go all in, God meets them. And uh, Tommy, I just appreciate you uh, in many ways and just going all in, and we're going to continue to believe the Lord for you. Amen. All right. just see this guy and I want to barrel into him. It's little man complex, okay? (laughs) So, Bob, um, you completed a milestone uh, Friday. Six months.
4: Six months I did. um, When I originally came to Life Challenge, me and my family found the place for me to go. Originally, I was only going to stay 90 days. I swore I wouldn't. (laughs) Nothing was going to make me stay more than 90 days. Until he realigned me. Like you said, there's a lot of re's there. Um, He realigned my life with my family. With him. I swear I wouldn't cry today. Um, I'm not a big talker, but uh, what I am is a big show. And I just want to start being aligned with God John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Aside from me, he will bear nothing. I'm a firm believer of that today. Um, I had an addiction for eight years to heroin as well as uh, alcohol. Um, He set me free for nine years. Um, Two years ago, I began to. Last year, I overdosed four times. Um, To feel his love again is almost unbearable. I was committing many sins, but the biggest sin was running from his love. He wants to love everybody equally, wholeheartedly, ways we will never imagine. And I'm just thankful to be here today.
0: Thank you, Bob. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I've got um, other friends here. I know Cody down there and these other great ladies just don't have time. I just don't want you to take it personal. I just wish we had time to go around the room and to hear all your stories. Our newest intern, at least to me, is it Crystal? Catherine, I'm sorry. Is it with a C or a K? Okay. Well, we just met this morning and just want to welcome you aboard. and, And Jessica, one of our interns who works with our women, completed the program about a month ago now, and just so appreciative of her. She's made, uh, I think, a 20-year commitment now. <laughs> we started with 10, okay? And then Ricky is a former graduate staff member. I was telling uh, my son, Luke, about you yesterday at Planet Fitness, just saying, this guy, get to know him. He's the real deal. He's solid. One day, I'm hoping to get you back. Um, but Ricky volunteers for us and he can tell you his story just a life that just kind of got off the rails but Jesus Christ set him free so I appreciate you brother <laughs> so give me give me just a few minutes here to unpack something uh, found in Matthew chapter 21 Matthew chapter 21 And again, I just want to say thank you for having us today and thank you for your support, your monthly support, your prayers. And again, if we can be of any assistance to you, to the people that you're doing life with, let us know. We have a sponsor, a life program, something akin to like World Vision or Compassion International for $35 a month. You can help us. We need your help. And all you, can, all you need to do is just go to our website, lcm.life, and sign up now. So that'd be great. Put you in touch with a resident. So some of you may be doing that already. Uh, anyone in here doing it already? It's a little over a buck a day. You can make a huge difference. So would you consider that? Matthew chapter 21. Um, today is a big day around the world launches us as a community of faith into Holy Week. It's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday today. It's a big day as well because of the date, March 28. It's a big day to me and my wife personally. Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage. Your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Heavenly Father, in these final minutes of our worship, may your word spread rapidly right now and find lodging in our hearts. Guide me, guide us. Help us, Lord, to hear what you have to say to us. Your people, your called out ones, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of this little, little homily is Humility and Healing. Or maybe better put, Humiliation and Healing. Jesus was always surprising people. He did not fit with convention, tradition, whatsoever. And here is yet another upside down approach Jesus took. Predicted long before by the prophets. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, and how does he come? gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Most of you know. Kings back then, they would come trampling on a big horse, standing upwards of, (laughs) seems like a guy like me, 10 feet tall. They'd come with their power their military they'd flex their muscles they'd wield their swords and here's Jesus as it were just imagine like the president president Biden on a unicycle <laughs> just kind of you know you know you see that in parades you know by the Kiwana groups or you know rotary club they've got their little Jesus comes yes humbly gentle Riding on a donkey, I told my son he uh, he's actually preaching now as we speak, one my oldest one, Joshua, down in Dayton. and um, you know I said to him as we were looking at his message, and it's always a joy. I've got two preachers right now of my four sons, it's just a great joy when they call their dad. Hey, Dad, what do you think? Uh, let me review some of my points. And I said to Josh, I said, you know, I I see this as almost a way of Jesus saying to the system, the establishment, stick it. It was subversive. It was completely subversive. Defying all tradition and culture and convention. I'm not coming on a big old horse. He comes on a little unicycle showing a different kind of power and strength. Humility, or maybe better put, humiliation and healing. Bruce L. Shelley, in his tome, it's about this thick of a book called Church History in Plain Language, a seminal book, a scholarly book. One that you shouldn't start reading at 10 p.m. This is what he says in the very first paragraph of the first chapter. In fact, it's his opening sentence Christianity is the only major religion to have as its central event the humiliation of its God, that is, watershed. Christianity is distinct from all other world religions in that its central event is what? The humiliation of its God. God humbles himself. Paul talks about this in Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ, who... Though he was in the very form of God, what did he do? Emptied himself. Took the form of a a man, a human. Became obedient. Obedient to what? The cross unto death. Humiliation. Humiliation. Now I want to string a thought together. A couple of thoughts. Humiliation. Humiliation. And what was the second part of my title? Healing. That's what we're all, I hope, in quest for. These men and women, myself, my wife included, are here to heal. I've been in recovery pushing now 50 years. But you know what? There's still a lot of healing that needs to take place, just ask my wife. There really is. I'm thankful that... God is stubborn, that he's persistent, that he keeps coming after us. And this is what I want to suggest. His healing comes to us most gloriously and spectacularly at our lowest points in our humiliations. In our humiliations. I told you March 28 is a big day. For me, it was 24 years ago, one of my big humiliations came. Lori was pregnant with twins, and she went to a regular checkup with her gynecologist, and um, they did an ultrasound, and we were alerted. We have to do an emergency C-section. You were pregnant, is it 36 weeks? 26 weeks, 26 weeks. And so we (laughs) went in, and um, we lost one. Jordan survived, but it was touch and go. He was born at two pounds, one ounce. And all that while, Lori and I had stood on the word of God, and he makes everything and does everything well. It's one of the last verses of Mark 7. And, man, we had all the twinsy stuff. You know, the family was going crazy. And, you know, I've got an ego, and let alone being told, I've got two boys coming. Man, my ego shot through the roof. Man, i got twin boys coming. And uh, it was actually um, March 28th. And it was a Friday, 1997. And we had to go in and lost one, and Jordan survived, but it was three months in the intensive care unit. And I still remember um, that night or the next night, I was just completely whooped, as certainly was my wife, mentally, emotionally, physically. And uh, once you know it, In that great humiliation, when I was stripped of having any sense of power or control, when life was seemingly completely spinning out of control, and we didn't know what our next hour was going to look like, or the next hour, or the next hour. In that great period of humiliation, I still remember, Lori being in the chair in the room with you. I think you were asleep. And I couldn't pray, I couldn't think, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't do all the things that I charged my students to do, and I just was there. And it was like the Holy Spirit came and began to sing in me, and began to sing a song that we had learned recently at You know the psalm, some of you. You will surround me with songs of deliverance. That's why singing is so critical, you know, when we gather, including at our program. There's a lot of singing we do, correct? Song therapy. And I tell our residents, we just want to tuck away in your knapsack lots and lots of gospel-rich songs. Because sooner or later, if not sooner, later, you're going to need them and you want the Holy Spirit to come on you, you've got to at least have the wood ready. So get the wood ready in the pile. So when the Spirit comes, there's plenty of combustible material to light up. And I had all kinds of songs in me, and songs began to just arise. In that humiliation, I found the presence of God in one of the greatest ways there in Southfield at Providence. Another humiliation came March 28, 2018, three years ago today. It was one of my uh, worst, if not the worst, ministry experience Lori and I had ever had. And I won't get into the details, but in the aftermath, uh, I was completely misconstrued, misjudged, misinterpreted wound up being summoned to the district office in front of the executive presbytery and the executive team wow that didn't go the way (laughs) i was envisioning that was on a monday march 26 and march 28 2018 i'm heading home from a graduation we had them on wednesdays then son, Luke, called me. He had been in a prayer meeting at Auburn Hills Christian Center, Pastor Cal Garcia. And um, he said, Dad, this lady came up to me and said she thinks she has a word from the Lord for you. Now, understand, those things, these kinds of things don't happen to me. You with me so far? Uh, I tend to be too too cognitive, too rational. I tend to be dismissive of those things. And um, I just don't operate in that realm. Maybe I do, but uh, not consciously. Trust me. And um, Dad, this is what she said. I still remember I was on Commerce and Commerce in Commerce Township. (laughs) I know exactly where I was. It was 9 p.m., This woman had no idea what had happened, what had gone on. I contained myself. I wasn't too far from home. I went to my living room, and I began to. see your king comes to you gentle riding on a donkey in our greatest humiliations he meets us so this is the point as I close I want to just just want to throw out your way the way forward requires going backward you know we're, we're just kind of many times saying God show yourself just just help me to see your hand, your footprints. Come down, visit us. And I can't help but think he's been with us the whole while. All the way. And maybe before he chooses to, you know, reveal a little bit more of himself, maybe we need to go back, revisit certain places in our life, Those humiliations. He didn't abandon us. He didn't. He never would. And he never will. And may I suggest this, that as you and I revisit some of those darkest moments, perhaps you just might find God was there. Don't get so, you know, eager. Man, God, just show yourself in the days ahead. When he's saying, you know what? Let's just take a time out. The way forward requires you to go backwards. I was there. When you experienced that at eight years of age. I was there when you were 13. I was there at the age of 29. At your lowest point, I was there. See, your king comes to you, gentle, riding on a donkey. Most people, by the way, they missed it. Yeah, they, they shouted Hosanna, but they weren't in tune. And then the religious establishment, they're getting all on Jesus for these people doing that. And Jesus eventually says, he just he mourns over the city. You missed it. Your king came and you missed it completely. Our healing comes in those humiliations. I told Lori. After that 2018 fiasco, it's all good now. (laughs) I told her, knowing what resulted, I'd do that all over again. I would spend the next, it was eight months of misery. I'd do that all over again. If that's what it takes to experience the healing presence of God. Like that, wall back in 1997. <laughs> I would to have elected to have had it go that way, but man, in that great time of humiliation,
3: he was there. He was there.
0: Any of you relate to what I'm saying? Humility or humiliation in healing the way forward many times require that we go backwards first. That we take a A second look, and maybe a third look. Maybe you weren't so far away. Maybe, in fact, you were there. You were there, and I didn't notice. I was expecting this and that, and you just defied all my expectations. You came actually in a very strange way, and I missed it. Forgive me. I close with this verse from Isaiah 57, verse 15. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For this is what the high and lofty one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly. One of uh, my favorite authors, Richard Rohr, he says he prays for one humiliation a day. I'm not there yet. (laughs) I'm not there. I'm not at that level of maturity. I seem to bring it on without... uh, needing his help just because of my own buffoonery, okay? Lord Jesus, you know what we need when we need it. God, some of us may be in a very dark place. Lord, a place that just feels out of sorts. Open our eyes. Help us to find you. Help us, God. You come to us in very unexpected ways. And many times, Lord, in our most humiliating of circumstances. Thank you. You're the God who descends into that humiliation. That's the whole story of the Bible. That's what the Gospels proclaim. You descend into that. Into very Hades itself. Talk about humiliation. Bless this congregation, bless these people, bless the distats. Help them, God, help them. And God, help those who, Lord, are in league with us, who are lost in addiction right now. Please, God, and use us to bring healing. Lord, we love you, we praise you. We speak these things in the lovely name of Jesus. And all God's people would say, Amen and amen.
5: Pastor Evan. Humiliation and healing. They almost seem like they're in contrast with each other. Um, but isn't it interesting how the kingdom of God is often upside down? And like the things that you think, hmm, that shouldn't bring healing, those are the things that really do. And the moments in your life where it's like, wow, that's insane, those are the times where God often moves the most. It's a, it's a weird dichotomy. So um, let's just pray over Life Challenge right now. Could you guys raise out your hands for Jeff and the group? God, we, we thank you so much for um, these stories of healing and these stories of um, just uh, life change and life challenge, God. And I pray right now that you will continue to move in these people's lives, God. I pray that you will pave the way for, pave the way for them, God. I know it, in Scripture it says that I, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry, and he reached down, and he, he pulled me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he gave me a new song, Father. And I'm just praying a uh, healing over the people that came. God, I thank you for the ministry and the work that you're doing in each of their lives, Father. God, I just also pray for, maybe there are some people here this morning that have been dealing with addiction, or maybe there's some people here this morning that have been going through humiliation, Father, and I pray that they'll be able to see you in their past, they'll be able to see your work, your handiwork, that they'll remember to remember the times that you were there, that you've never left us, that you've never forsaken us, that you've never uh, gone from us, God, but even when we go to the mountains, you're there, when we go down to the depths of the sea, you are there, Father. God, we know that even when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with us and you care for us, God, and so we just thank you so much for uh, your ministry, God. We uh, pray for lives to be changed. God, we give you the glory, and we give you the praise, and all of God's people said, Amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for coming out, for sharing your testimony. Have a great afternoon, guys.